Captain Gets Kidnapped episode? Yeah, this is like uh, Picard Got Kidnapped. Uh-huh. Archer, Archer. Like every episode. There's an entire genre of Enterprise episodes that are like Archer and one other crew member have to buddy up and have a prison break. My favorite version was definitely Picard. Not the Cardassian one, but the one where they put a fake Picard in his place and he was acting all strange and always asking the crew about their feelings and that was really <laughs> off for Picard. I don't and even then, remember. What was, which one was that? Oh, I don't know. He was in a room with an ensign, uh, one of those very warlike next generation species. Oh, and the ensign was a plant. Yes. We will get back to there being a Starfleet officer who may be a plant in the prison again. Oh, you think he's a plant? No, I don't. Oh. But that was what Lorca thought. He seemed kind of nice, so I hope he's not a plant. I, is he a regular now? I don't know. I don't should, follow the IMDb. Uh, should we just start? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with this episode. So it starts with um, Michael's having a nightmare. She's feeling pretty guilty about the Charter Guard, about their torturing. Yes. Why does it always have to stab you? The why, machine? Why does the sci-fi device always have yeah. to stab you in the eyes or in the head or in the... It's internal organs or something. They heal organs with, like, laser beams, but they're stabbing this poor Tredegard in the chest, and, yeah, it's miserable, obviously. I, I mean, I would be, too, if I was getting stabbed in the chest constantly for science. <laughs> and it's not just science. It sounds like they're doing a lot of war missions because uh, we're giving a briefing with the captain, and they're going over, like, his war record, and it was pretty impressive, right? I mean, I guess we've jumped, like, a few weeks ahead from the last time was kind yeah. of their first mission, and since then they've been jumping around and shooting Klingons and saving people and stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, did, did any of the missions stick out to you? None of, they all went over my head pretty fast, but I'm sure if we dig in, there's going to be some good, interesting uh, ones. <laughs> some inter- good interrupted a supply line is the only thing I can think of. <laughs> okay, so so Michael's feeling guilty, but we quickly cut to a scene of uh, stocked at a star base with a very pointy top. That was kind of a cool looking star base. I yeah, we have to talk our production design because I liked it. It was at least silver. It wasn't like gold or any some mm-hmm. weird color. So it did look Starfleet. It's a cool, cool looking star base. Uh, and Lorca has been called into a meeting with the admirals to talk about his missions and stuff. The one admiral we've met turns out they're kind of friends. She's a doctor. Dr. Admiral. <laughs> I was almost getting uh, they were exes kind of vibe there for a minute, but that might just be Orville sneaking through again. <laughs> uh, classic Orville. <laughs> yeah. They, they called him here in person to talk about this, which I guess makes sense because it's Black Ops stuff. He did reveal that they dispatched all the plans for the ship, so Starfleet has them. They're trying mm-hmm. to build more ships because, as he made the point, they were, they were the last one, Discovery. You know, and I was thinking, this seems like an episode where the momentum is slowed down a little bit. You know, we're not getting, like, the big interesting <laughs> reveals, but we kind of do, actually. They they move forward with the spore drive thing a lot faster than I was expecting. Yeah, I think we were talking about that, how we were worried they were going to string out arcs for the whole length of the series, and it turns out, no, we're going pretty fast. And so, yeah. fast forward, we've done a bunch of jumps and a bunch of missions, and mm-hmm. it's been so successful that Starfleet wants the captain to stop <laughs> because they're like, okay, you're maybe pushing your luck here a right. little bit too much. Maybe, and- <laughs> maybe if a ship appears out of nowhere and destroys some stuff and disappears again, the Klingons might get suspicious eventually. Yeah, especially since the Klingons have a cloaking technology. So they might be mistaking this for a cloaking technology oh, and be wondering, because yeah. we still have to dive into that plot line. Mm-hmm. We Entirely possible. So then he is headed back to Discovery uh, alone <laughs> on a shuttle. Which not is not alone, he has this bald pilot. He, he has a red shirt with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, as most captains usually are traveling when they get kidnapped. <laughs> it, it could have been Wesley. It could have been worse. Uh-huh. He could have been on Ryza, maybe. Oh, no, not this captain. 
this captain is not interested in the sun. We also are reminded <laughs> <laughs> as he's um, popping some injections into his eyes. Yeah, that's pleasant. Did you, did you like that scene? I don't know. I don't need really needles into the eye in Star I, Trek. But I get okay. what they're. I get what they're doing. It's a metaphor for you know stuff for feelings. He lives with his suffering. I think is a line later on or yep. something like that, or he yep. chooses his own suffering. You know, I actually was wondering how true that was. His story about being the the only survivor. Was it his story? It was Mud's story that we got, right? Mud knew that he was the only survivor. Oh, and then he recapped the story. And then he recapped it. And then later he said that he dropped specific hints to Mud and the Starfleet guy. Yeah, the hints were funny. So we, we might have gotten some backstory about him. <laughs> I think now it's pretty obvious that they're getting boarded by Klingons. Uh, the captain passes out some guns. Yep. They don't Red shoot. shirt gets armed. <laughs> they don't shoot anybody. <laughs> I thought they got. They didn't get anyone. I don't think there was any shots. He, they oh, both. They both shoot. tried to hit a Klingon with their gun. Oh, Starfleet! What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so they get boarded. The Klingons take it over pretty easily. It, yep. Yep. Uh, they they kill the red shirt. They drag drag Lurko away. Yeah. The captain always survives. So uh, you know what we actually see here? That's kind of interesting. Back to the production is the captain's uniform is apparently the white with the red tips. Uh, I wonder if that's like a standard rank of uniform? Well, I noticed that on um, our last female Klingon friend, she also had red tips on her uniform. House, maybe? It could be house. It could be a fashion trend. <laughs> We're going to have to learn. <laughs> Fake bloody spikes are really in right now. I was, I didn't think they were, I thought they were jewels. I thought they were like rubies. Like you're really showing off. Because it's be. like a white uniform with I, these rubies. Okay, I got kind of a blood-tipped claws motif. I think that's the motif. <laughs> but I think they were just going for but the actually, dazzle too. Right, jewelry. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes sense. So we get that. We go back to Discovery. We're really like, you know, most of what happens on Discovery is Burnham trying to convince people that it's hurting the tardigrade to to jump. Yeah, except um, it happens at a really bad time because they're yeah. informed that the captain's been kidnapped. Uh-huh. Tall alien guy. Saru. Help me out. Saru. <laughs> Has to make a command decision. I think he's pretty quick about it, actually. He just says, let's go to the last place the shuttle was. Yep. And let's just start bopping around. Sure. <laughs> let's start doing the shrooms and going around the galaxy and trying to find this captain. And Michael's like, yeah, but... But it might kill the tardigrade. And he tells her, you know, that's too bad. Do it anyway. We're going to go find the captain. So Saru decides that, hey, we're not even totally sure this creature's sentient, but even then, it'll be on him. He wants to save his captain. He's willing to make this executive decision here. And, he, you know, he does point out, he makes a good point, that Burnham doesn't really bring him any evidence at this point. Like, she's pretty sure that it's bad for it, but she doesn't have any, like, solid numbers. Mm -hmm. So she goes off to get that. <laughs> well, he does tell her to stand down, and yeah. then she goes off to do that. Yeah. So this is shades of her last <laughs> mutiny. She hasn't... You know, in that first episode, she said, I just want to, you know, be out of the way here. Uh -huh. So she's pretty much in the thick of it now. She uh, can't really be out of the way. kind of her M.O. So then Saru goes off and does something kind of interesting. He asks the computer about prominent Starfleet captains. Yeah. And wants to quantify his uh, command performance. performance. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, from a nerd perspective, I was interested because we got to see him programming the computer, even in a remedial sense here. Definitely. But he was giving it some new commands, and the new command was, watch over me. And the computer gave a snarky response back. I think we're finding it's a pretty snarky computer. And it said... <laughs> Have you thought about just, you know, and limiting the obstacle in front of you <laughs> instead of working around it? And he's like, no, I tried that, like, twice. 
can't get her off the ship. I, I kind of like that. I, I almost wish I could say, um, hey, Amazon Echo, <laughs> please <laughs> review my performance over the next week and yes. compare me to James Kirk and let me know how it works out. I think it'd be fun. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to quantify their stuff? For one week, and then you turn it off, right. as he did at the end of this episode. <laughs> He'd even last a week, and then last the day on But it was thing. still, it was an interesting little um, a character quirk, I guess. Like, he's, I guess it showed some doubt. Well, he's recently commander. He went yeah. from, like, lieutenant commander to commander to yeah. captain yeah, yeah. pretty darn fast with a lot of drama in between. And I guess I noticed, like, he doesn't go and talk it over with someone. Like, he doesn't go down to 10 forward. And there's chat. no Deanna Troy. There's no There's no. Because he is the Deanna Troy. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he senses danger, that's it. Yeah, no Guinan, huh? Not Everyone's really. Starfleet. Yeah. So he talks it over with the computer. <laughs> Checking back in with the captain, he is totally in a cell with some bearded guy that looks very familiar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who is apparently Harry Mudd. Go Harry Mudd. We've From... been waiting all season for him to show up, and now he's here. Apparently, I have to admit, i not really... I don't know that much about him. <laughs> I don't either. I think I might not have even ever seen the original episodes with Harry Mudd in them. Yeah, I think. Me too. Yeah, we're kind of new Trek people. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I mean, Looking I, forward to this Harry Mod character. <laughs> I've watched like five out of six of the series. That's how many do you want? They're no. playing him as a rogue, obviously, yeah. as a swindler. You can't believe anything he's saying. Yeah, he's got a good sob story. And so they're in a situation where they uh, basically the Klingons come in every day. The prisoners select one of them to get beat. Yeah, this is a weird system. I uh, don't think I've ever seen this in a movie where... You actually have to pick the person who's going to get beat, which means it becomes a big game of Survivor and politics <laughs> and all that and forming unions. Like, I think they just alluded to episodes and seasons of Survivor on this Klingon ship. <laughs> and Harry Mudd's the king because he doesn't have bruises, the captain pointed out. That's true. And this all takes place in a very compressed period of time. So he, he also meets uh, another Starfleet officer. Uh, yeah. Do you remember his name? No, Mr. Blackhair. That's what I thought of him okay. as. I, I swear he's listed in the credits somewhere. So he, I think he might become a character now? Because he didn't come back with him. Okay, yeah. At, at first we don't know much about him because he's just kind of unconscious. But then he tells the captain he's been there ever since the Battle of the Two Stars. The, the binary star. And then the captain doesn't believe him because he's like, you're not going to survive for that long. Right. And it's revealed that he's been pretty much abused by the captain. Yeah. Being, being kept around for that. Which is a terrible situation, but I do have to comment. They have always tried to make it clear that Klingon women were very frisky. That's true. And so this is the darker version of that, I suppose, mm -hmm. of that friskiness. Mm -hmm. And so that is that this is the part where uh, Lorca tells him the backstory? His backstory about, like, how he escaped from the ship? Not quite, but it, it's pretty close. Harry Mudd um, egged, him, egged him on into right. this because... Right. Uh, he saw this union being formed between these two Starfleet officers, <laughs> duh, Harry, and he says, like, are you sure you want to have your allegiance to this captain? Because it's revealed that in his battle with the Klingons, he was the only survivor off his ship. So that kind of falls in the face of going down with your ship, I guess. And then he drops, I, I think I missed, like, a sentence or something. He blew up his ship? The story, as far as I understand it, is that the captain... For some reason that either I missed or he didn't say, he was off of the ship and the ship was captured by the right. Klingons. Right. And so he did a mercy killing of his ship. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, we still don't know what's <laughs> true and what's not true and yeah. all the details behind that. Hopefully we'll get more into that story. 
Uh, does that change your opinion of the captain at all? You know, I don't know. He's He's been kind of a blank slate so far. I feel like they haven't really set us up to assume much of anything about him. What are his defining characteristics? Decisiveness. And he says go. Yeah, <laughs> which I noticed uh, Saru picked up. Yeah, fantastically. Uh, <laughs> he sounded really awkward saying I'm glad it. we remembered to put that in because it was very important. Uh-huh. You learned from your captain, I guess. I did notice the engage button this time. <laughs> So, Saru uh, commands that the ship actually do a jump so that we can go mm-hmm. rescue the captain. Yep, so they jump out into Klingon space somewhere. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, and they showed this a lot more clearly this time. It's kind of interesting. The way the ship jumps when it comes out of a jump, it actually drops. Um, and then it does a little bob, like it was, <laughs> it's been dropped back into the ocean or something. I feel like the bob was new this week, actually. I've, I've always noticed the dropping yeah. from the top of the frame, but the bob felt... That felt anew, or at least they cut it very fast in the past. I'm yeah. not sure which one. It's, maybe they're still deciding whether or not it should have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if the effect's growing on me. I don't like it when they're warping or fungusing out, <laughs> sporing out. <laughs> the whole ship rotates on its other axis, which That's, is very strange. I mean, there's a lot going on with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the implication that it spins and then it disappears and then it falls back into normal space somehow it joins the network <laughs> which we learn is actually a part of subspace and we actually get to see it for a second there yeah at the end are you yeah, talking about yeah, yeah let, let's save that for the end because okay. that's kind of a trippy fun scene yes, yes. Uh, so they jump out there the tardigrade starts spurting water and curls up yeah this was sad i I did, I did not appreciate this effect. I thought like it would be a slower death, but, well, I should say it didn't die. Right. It went into... Suspended animation kind of... Uh, this, is a, this is a tardigrade reference. They actually do this. Okay. Uh, and they this... can survive extreme conditions by uh, desiccating themselves, and then they just sort of hibernate. Well, the captain is finally acting like a Starfleet captain and has planned an escape. And the escape involves yes. beating the heck out of the Klingon I, guards. <laughs> I love, I love this very Star Trek moment here. It's, you know, Discovery gets so serious and so like, oh, the stakes are very high and people are dying all the time. And then he just pulls this classic like Star Trek. Uh, somebody fakes an illness basically, and then he punches them. Yeah, it was fake an <laughs> illness, except it was get punched in the face three times. Right. It was fake. <laughs> I guess he didn't fake getting punched in the yeah. face. But. No, your point's taken. Right? Yeah, but I noticed the captain didn't take the punches. He let the whole <laughs> crewman take them. <laughs> but yeah, surprise, surprise, Klingons. These humans can still fight back. And yep. we take out, what, two Klingons? Uh, yeah, hand-to-hand. Uh, break their necks. Oh, yeah, it was no, lethal. No, no uh, two-hand overhead hit to the spine this time. That's true, huh? Yep. This Just... was a lot more arrow, a lot more CW. <laughs> <laughs> you have failed this Klingon ship. Oh, <laughs> uh, and snapped the neck. So, yeah, they take out some Klingons. They take their weapons, uh, which are awesome vaporizy weapons. We even see uh, what the uh, ricochet of these weapons does in just a moment because our new friend, he gets injured, Mm -hmm. and the captain says, I'm going to go on, and I promise to come back. (laughs) Totally totes promise. (laughs) And leaves him there without a weapon. He didn't have a weapon? No. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I swear there were two just a minute ago, and then he's like, here, hide in the doorway without a gun. Oh, well, that wasn't logical because then the captain showed up of the ship. Ooh, the Klingon captain, I should say. Yes. Yeah, and she's not happy. No. Her little uh, slave is leaving. Yep. So they have a a little fight. 
It's a pretty good fight because she's it's wearing armor and yeah. he's got like his crappy little Starfleet uniform <laughs> on and somehow he does pretty good, but she's obviously got the upper hand. Uh-huh. Um, and the captain, Lurka, comes back. Turns out he kept his word. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so we know one thing about this guy. He keeps his word at yep. least sometimes. It only took him about 15 seconds to find the uh, shuttle bay. <laughs> Just long enough <laughs> to save um, the young lieutenant, I believe, uh-huh. his uh-huh. life. Um, this is where we get to see the ricochet because right. only part of the blast from the weapon he hits the captain in the face. Raises her face raises her face okay and she's just kind of melting on the floor it's yeah. really terrible and we yeah. just cut away so i'm thinking was, we just made a new villain <laughs> i mean that was pretty pretty horrifying uh i mean that's yeah i'm sure she'll come back with an eye patch or something but um i think that was in in terms of like horrifying effects of weapons in star trek right behind the most toys where the guy yes. has the disruptor that like vaporizes someone like slowly and you see it turn them kind of black right? and they kind of melt and away so, like, i that, remember that, that was the one that always horrified me when i was a kid mm-hmm. and now i have a new one but this one just turned into uh, people turned into a green puff of smoke well that's nice this one seemed but kind you don't, of humane actually you don't want to get a glancing <laughs> shot though yeah the glance was bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they abscond with a Klingon little fighter shuttle. This bubble, is fun, though, because we, we got a little Star Wars scene here with a bunch of we little did. fighter... Yeah, it's true. They're flying around and shooting. It was a double cockpit. Uh-huh. Very Stargate 1, very U.S. military. <laughs> Poor lieutenant. He had to be told how to raise the shields, but the captain knew how to do it. He's experienced. That was funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. The button on the right. Captain was a backseat driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always. We get... Saru being useful, using his prey skills to identify a pack of hunters and their prey. This was a little heavy-handed because if you watch the monitors, it was pretty darned obvious what was going on. <laughs> but Saru explained. Yep. <laughs> he knows a lot about predators and right. watched the patterns. He's like, yep. that ship is prey, hail that ship. And as the captain said, the cavalry has arrived. Yes. Uh, why the captain couldn't hail them, who knows? Um, he forgot the frequency. He's yeah. been through a lot. I guess there's actually, uh, this is another another trope, is um, after the captain gets, you know, kidnapped, they quite frequently are coming back to the ship in a stolen something and have to signal friendly. Didn't that happen in Enterprise a couple times? I, think I swear it Archer was on a... Every time. Archer was on one of those Sulaban bubble ships. It even could have been one of the insectoids from the Zindi or one oh, of those yeah, ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Star Trek equivalent of, like, you know, pulling somebody into the bushes and stealing their uniform. Or they steal a ship? I like the stealing a ship part, though, just because we get to see another set. <laughs> and I get yeah. to see another UI, and this is the Klingon UI. And that was, and that was fun. And so they get, uh, they get picked up by Discovery, which uh, then has to jump with no tardigrade. With a very notable line. The captain's ordering, chump, chump, chump. Yep. And Saru says, uh, have you healed the tardigrade? Yep. And engineering calls up, we're ready to jump. <laughs> Mysteriously. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what they did. Earlier in the episode, we learned that if we just do a little bit of DNA futzery, mm-hmm. then it turns out humans are close enough we, to fungus that we can join the network. If we inject tardigrade DNA into someone, then they can tardigrade on the fungus. That makes Star Trek sense. It does. There's a few problems with it. One is, okay, so we like this because it's consent, but it's still possible someone's going to suffer here because a machine is jabbing them. Well, so they're talking for, you know, some of the episode about how they can't just give this to anybody, right? I mean, that was the point, was that they had to find a compatible species, and I thought they were... I thought this was going to become a plot point. 
Yeah, but it turns out it's just humans. It, it, I guess, yeah, or anybody that evolved from <laughs> fungus. So I thought, I thought it was going to be Saru at one. Me too. I thought they were totally leading up to that scene because right, he were... walked into engineering just <laughs> as they were discussing it, and he was going to be the, he was going to have to volunteer to do this crazy thing. And, yep. Yep. But no, it turns out it's humans. And the other problem we have is that it's genetic manipulation, which is not allowed thanks to a guy known as. Con. Right. So we can't be doing genetic manipulation on humans. It ain't allowed. Right. Except. Except they did. Our wily friend, he went and injected himself, and he traveled the spore network and, and jumped the ship. Got to talk to his fungus. He did. He was so happy at the end of the episode. <laughs> at first, it was scary because it did knock him out. We were all wondering. You know, the tardigrade was so tough. Maybe it took toughness to survive the process, but this human survived. Right, so they they hop out, um, and then Saru orders uh, Burnham to fix the tardigrade and <laughs> I love this. make it better. <laughs> yeah, so I was curious what was going to happen here. I thought maybe it would be her pet for a while or something like that, but no, yeah. no, they decide uh, to release it, and it goes full on Dune Navigator. Oh yeah, it gets its spores. It gets oh, launched yeah. into space. We get to see the network. It totally, it, it smiles, I swear it smiled. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm going there. And it jumped away. Yep. Did you notice it didn't spin? And it didn't have any spinning saucer sections oh. on it? <laughs> I was looking for anything to spin. <laughs> I will point out again that the balance of characters on the show, assuming we get Lieutenant... Black hair? I, I swear his name was Tyler or something. Okay. We lose Ripper, we get the other guy. Maybe he'll be the new security chief. I think I realized in this episode what's going on. What it seems is we're just getting about three episode arcs, and they're all happening kind of asynchronously. So we get the lead up, we get the middle section, we get the third act, and it's just spaced out differently. Instead of squishing it all into one episode, we're just yeah. getting longer arcs. And I really like that. Um, one of my favorite arc structures in a show was um, actually Veronica Mars did this fun kind of like mystery of the episode, mystery of the season, mystery multiple seasons long. And I like that, because it keeps things moving, you know. You don't ever have those episodes where it doesn't really advance the plot any, it's just there to be there. Yeah, and it frees us, because now we can just talk about it. Instead of saying, oh, that was my favorite episode, I think in the future we're going to be saying, oh, remember that funny tardigrade in the show? Wasn't he cute? <laughs> the, Little... <laughs> the Ensign Ripper arc? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that three or four episode arc, whatever it took. Uh-huh. Uh, what else happens in this one? We see uh, Tilly snoring. Tilly snoring confirmed. She is kind of um, the worst roommate ever, <laughs> but Michael's taking it in strides. <laughs> uh, Michael gives Saru the telescope. That was very nice. Um, yeah. They had a yet another. Every episode seems like it ends with a little heart-to-heart <laughs> to heart with these two. She has to make up for whatever crazy shit that she did during the episode. And this time, a part of her apology, she felt it was really bad this time, so she gave him a telescope. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I noticed? I, there wasn't a um, preview at the end of this one, was there? No, there was not. Yeah. We, have we no, don't know what's going on. We have no idea what's going to happen next week. We're boldly going into strange new worlds and new plot lines and new character developments. <laughs> Maybe we'll get back to Klingon politics. I think we're on good ground now. We don't have to abuse a creature anymore. Yeah, the just, star drive's not so weird. We just gotta poke Stemmets. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully we'll re <laughs> refine this over time Maybe and they won't become... They'll come up with a version that doesn't have to stab you. Yeah. <laughs>